Our Bible reading this morning will be in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the Spirit, after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is not of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. The creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself shall also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. But not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For you know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Reading Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 27. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, as we come into thy presence this morning, we come with fear and trembling. We've been in fear and trembling for the last two days. 
especially last night, Thou alone can quiet us before Thee and give us Thy Word, our Father. And by Thy Holy Spirit, take it home to our hearts. And not only write it upon our hearts that we would be hearers of the Word, but work it out, Father, in our life by Thy Spirit that we might be doers of the Word. How we need the filling of the Holy Spirit this morning. How we need the breath of God to blow upon us. How we need for the Spirit of God to be with us, to melt us, to mold us, to make us in the image and likeness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So as we've come together this morning, bind our hearts together as one. Give us hearing ears to hear thy word. See in our eyes that we may know and understand the things that are made for our peace. Spirit of the living God, work work effectually in our midst. We need thee this morning. Each and every one of us need thee. We can do nothing without thee. As we walk daily in our families, one with another in fellowship with thy people, with the world, to overcome all besetting sins, to overcome all the suggestions of the evil one, to be back every attack of Satan, to walk with thee in love one for another. To walk in that brokenness of heart and humility that is needed in each and every one of our hearts. Oh Lord, we need the Holy Spirit. We realize this this morning as never before. It seems like my father that during the night we were, every time we were awake it seemed like we were facing a crisis as if we were going to the guillotine this morning. And may it be so. May it be so, my Father, that you would cut us off from the world. Cut us off from our old man, our old nature. Cut us off from all of those sins that are so easily beset us. Cut us off from those things that grieves and quenches the Holy Spirit. Cut us off from all of those things that would keep the Holy Spirit from doing his work in this assembly and other assemblies, the Church of God around the world, and our Father, especially in the ministries thou hast given us, how we need thee, each one of us to be filled with thy Spirit, so we wait upon thee this morning. And as we look at thy precious word, write it, we pray, upon our hearts. Have mercy upon those that are sick this morning, body, soul. Be with those who are tossed to and fro, betwixt and between. Lord, have mercy upon them. We do pray that thou will confuse the work of Ahithophel this morning and the hearts and lives of many, and set captives free, and draw precious souls unto thyself. O Lord, hear us. We do want to give thee thanks for all your mercies. We want to give thee praise for all of the graces that you've shown to us, for the way you've held us and kept us and brought us to this hour. What's well, only been by thy spirit that we've come thus far. We realize it, know it this morning, as never before. And so we do praise thee for this. Have mercy, Lord, upon us. Hear our cries. May thy word go forth in power and in much assurance. For it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Ever since Monday morning in the prayer room, Something was said by somebody 
which reminded me, this came home to my heart with such force, our great need and our urgent need of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts and in our lives. These two verses of Scripture in Romans 15 came to our mind, and I'd like to bring them before you. Speaking in verse 13, he says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then in verses 18 and 19, For I will not dare to speak out of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by words and deed, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. In one verse, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us joy and peace in believing and abounding in hope. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in the other verse, it's by the Holy Spirit that many signs and wonders in God's ministries are done as the word goes forth. Or otherwise, how could we, how could we carry out what he commands us in verse 1? We then that a strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself. For it is written the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. How can these things be <clears throat> worked out in our lives if it is not the urgent need of the Holy Spirit? As I said, it's been up in my heart all week. The desire to draw our attention this morning to the great necessity which exists for the continued manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit in this church the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit in this ministry. The power of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> working in the church at large throughout the whole world. And bring it down to each and every family here, each and every individually here, and especially in my, in, in my life, and in my ministry of the Word of God among you. This has been a burden upon my heart as I have looked at the ministry here from many angles this past week. I've looked at my own ministry among you these many years, many things I've had to confess, many things I have done wrong, many things that wherein I have failed and come short of the glory of God, <clears throat> and many things that we need to emphasize more and more by, by the grace of God, and only that only this can be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. So in verse 13, we find the necessity of the Spirit of God working in this church for our internal growth in grace. And I wish you would hear that this morning by the grace of God. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. All of the power that we need to be filled with joy, all the power that we need to be at peace with one another, at peace with God, and have peace flowing in our hearts. All the power that is needed in believing 
and abounding in hope, we must attribute to the work of the Holy Spirit in us, or the work is not done. Fourth, if we are to survive as an individual Christian, if we are to survive as a fellowship of believers who have come together to worship together and to live together in love and in oneness and in fellowship with Christ and to carry out what God has us to do, we must be filled with the Spirit. I want you to see the necessity of it this morning, the great need of the Holy Spirit working and each one of us being filled with the Spirit. And I wish you would pray as we preach that God would show us this need and that we would not only be hearers of the word but doers also. But then in verse 19, the Spirit of God we find is necessary in the ministries of this church. To be aggressive, to be working in the world, to gather out of God's elect from among men, to preach the word of God. All of this must be done in the energy and the power of the Spirit of God. For without Him we can do nothing. The Apostle said in verse 18 and 19 that God hath made the Gentile obedient by word and deed through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And I pray as I preach and as you listen there will go up a cry from each and every heart to the Holy Spirit this morning to work in us and by us, that we may walk together as one, as our eyes are open to see our need. And we will never leave off the prayer for the Holy Spirit to do the work among us that should be done. That, that, that because I believe if the work of the Spirit is not manifested among us, in a greater and greater way than he is. That we stand at the crossroads. And we stand in the place of a crisis. And that God will just take away the candlestick. And take away the commission from us. To do that which he wants us to do. If we do not walk filled with the spirit. Now I want you to pray this morning. Will you brethren? And sisters, because I have seven things by the grace of God, I want to show you what the Holy Spirit does. I'm not going to spend too much time on either one of them, but I want to bring them out, and I pray that there's a shelf in your mind this morning to put this great truth as it goes home to our hearts, and that we will see as these things are brought before us, how needful it is, how necessary it is that this church and this people walk in the spirit, in the spirit of holiness and of love. We'll be giving you the scriptures on each one of these as we go along. But I want you to notice them as we go into them. Of course, we must always start with the fact and recognize the fact that the power of the Holy Spirit is needed and must be manifested in the quickening of dead souls to spiritual life. Nothing moves until the Holy Spirit moves. That's exactly our word, the word of our Lord Jesus to Nicodemus when he came to see him at night. <clears throat> and he said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then he tells us, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, 
but cannot tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. First, everyone that is born of the Spirit of God. And then he told his disciples in John 6, 63, these words concerning the regenerating power of God's Spirit and the quickening power of God's Spirit. And it is this. It is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. Beloved, I would that God would write that upon my heart with such a force this morning that I could not get away from it. He'd write it upon your heart that you could not get away from it. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. We must be aware of this. For if we're going to speak to dead sinners, spiritual things, then the Holy Spirit must take those spiritual things home to the soul that has no capacity for them. He must create a capacity in them by giving them a new heart and a new nature and putting within them his spirit that he may communicate with us. Keep in mind, never forget it, in your life, in my life, in the lives of all of those in this entire world, all the spiritual life that anyone ever has, it exists in the soul because of the work of God's Spirit. It is not because of our work or the work of any work that we could possibly do. It is the work and the existence of the Holy Spirit that has created in us. He was the one who quickened us when we were dead in trespasses and sins. I did not know I was dead until God the Holy Spirit told me I was dead. I didn't know I was blinded by the God of this world until the Holy Spirit came and opened my eyes to see that I knew nothing about the spiritual, spiritual things at all. It was only as the Holy Spirit came and opened my heart that I saw that I was under the sentence of death and that I was a criminal before God and that I was under his judgment. And then when my blinded eyes were opened, then I began to see the awful state of my soul before God. But it was the Spirit of God who worked. We are utterly and completely dependent upon him to quicken and to make alive. Therefore, we, we should pray as never before. Spirit of the living God, we are dependent upon you for the salvation of our own soul. We're dependent upon you for the salvation of the souls of our loved ones. We're dependent upon you to work in the heart of each and every soul or they will not come. There must be the work of the Spirit. We are absolutely dependent upon the Holy Spirit for spiritual life in our homes, in the world, on the job, in the work of the Lord, and especially as we sow the seed of the gospel. How can how can it the how can that gospel work apart from the work of Him who sent it, who wrote it, who worked it out? For it is the Spirit of Christ that comes into our souls. So therefore, may he give us ears to hear with, eyes to see with, and understand that we need, as never before, his life in us. If we're going to profit from the preaching of the word, if we're going to profit from the reading of the word and the meditating upon the word of God, if we're going to yield all of our members as members of righteousness unto God, then it must be by the power of God's Holy Spirit working in us. Remember, it is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. And we should be, we should praise God for that. And we are absolutely dependent upon the Holy Spirit to work and to do His work. For we cannot do it. 
but he can. Then not only are we dependent upon him for <clears throat> the work of regeneration, but we're also dependent upon him to enlighten, to enlighten the people of God, to enlighten the world, to come and to open our eyes to the things that are needful for our, our, our souls. Beloved, did you know we could know this Bible from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21 by heart and never have the spirit of this word unless the spirit of God has opened that word and given us a sense of what it means and what we need day by day. Are we conscious, were we conscious of this this morning? Now this is the reason why we read in John, six, three, John 16 these words. Our Lord said to his disciples, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth that it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But, I, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. All right, what's going to happen when he arrives? When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them. Now, howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, when he has arrived, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he, that he, he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you the things to come. He will glorify me, said Christ, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said, I that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. It is the enlightening work of God's Holy Spirit. He does so by coming and taking that inspired word which he wrote and writing it upon our hearts, enlighten it to our hearts. So as we pray, as we read the word of God, our constant cry should be pleading Psalm 119, 18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold thy wondrous law. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law, out of thy word. That should be our prayer when we come to meditate upon the word of God. It's not within us. It's not within us at all to understand what the Scripture means, but it is in the Holy Spirit, for He wrote it, and He know what He knows what He meant, and He know what He knows what He said, and He said, our Lord said He would come as the Spirit of Truth to enlighten and to show us and take the things of Christ and show them unto us. Praise God when he comes. Ask him. Ask him to come. Ask him to open your heart and let you see the things that are made for your peace. No man can show us these things. Only God can show us the things of the Lord. Then another thing, if the Holy Spirit of God will but enlighten this church, If the Holy Spirit will only lighten our hearts that are here this morning. If he will thoroughly work in our hearts. Then there would be no division. There would be no schisms. There would, there would be no spirit that was in the church at Corinth. I am of Paulus. I am of Peter. I am of Paul. 
These things are brought on by ignorance of the scriptures, and that which breaks our proud spirit will not let us see that these things are bringing us down. I was awake during the night and I really felt in my own soul I was going to execution today. I told that to my wife this morning when I woke her up and she said, don't talk like that. She's going to die. I said, but darling, I need to die. I'm not talking about a physical death. I'm talking about dying to self. I need that. I need the Spirit of God to work in my heart. To sweep away all ignorance of the Scriptures. And to break the proud spirit that rises up at times. It will not give. It will not be corrected. think we battle that did you? We do. And so do you. That's why we all need the work of the Holy Spirit. On the other hand, real, lasting, practical unity will exist in proportion to the unity of men's minds in the truth of God as it's written upon our minds. Hence the necessity for the Spirit of God to conduct us into the whole truth. And that's what we need, brother. Brother, is for God to, to, to come into our hearts with the whole truth, with His enlightening word and to conduct us there. My brother, my beloved brother, my beloved sister, if we think we know a doctrine, let's ask the Lord to make us sure that he has worked it there. Because I'll tell you why. If he hasn't, it'll, it'll show itself when crisis arises. That we have not been taught by the Spirit of God. That was the thing I went to bed on last night. As confession all afternoon. I could not, I honestly could not. I could not, I'm telling you all the truth. I could honestly not come to this pulpit this morning if my heart had not been searched and searched and searched by the Spirit of God. During the week and especially yesterday afternoon and last night. Confession of sin made before God. And me laying at his feet for him to open up my heart. Lord, teach me by thy spirit. I need your teaching. We really know nothing except the spirit burns it. And writes it upon our soul. And experiencing the truth of God. And the truth of God will hold in the day of crisis. It will hold in the day when it looks like everything's gone. Because it will depend wholly and completely upon the Holy Spirit to lead. If you think that I'm all excited about nothing, and if you think that I've come up here just to have something to preach this morning, you're wrong. The Lord has indelibly written upon my heart the need of the work of the Spirit to enlighten us that we may walk in love. And then the third thing 
another work of the Holy Spirit is to create an, and believe with a, a spirit of adoption. And, and I want you to notice, I want you to hear this one, that spirit of adoption. I love it. In Galatians chapter 4 we read, And when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son made of a woman made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Ever Father, my Father, he's mine. And therefore, since he's my Father, then I am no longer a servant, in verse 7, but a son. And if a son than an heir of God through Christ, and therefore a member of the household of God, a member of the family. Praise God, a member of the family. For when we are regenerated by the Holy Spirit, we receive the nature of children. It's amazing, but this is exactly what he said he would do for us. He says, I will give you a new heart, I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. I'll give you a new heart. I will put my spirit within you. And in Second Peter 1, he says, I will give you a new nature. I will put in, in there my nature. And what is that nature? That nature is the nature of my heavenly Father. The nature of the great Trinity. That I desire to walk as a mature child of the kingdom a mature child of God, and that I will be motivated by this new nature that God has given, continuously motivated by the Holy Spirit as he works in this new nature. Because <clears throat> he not only comes in regeneration, but he comes to adopt us into his family. And as the Comforter, as the Paraclete, as the Advocate with the Father, for he prays within us prayers that cannot be uttered. He does it with the groanings of our heart after him. He does this for one reason, that we might be conformed to the image and likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, day by day, we should pray, Lord, make me more and more in the true likeness you want me to be as thy child. I'm a member of the household of God. Then I am to walk as a member of the household of God. Beloved, this is important. This is important. It may not, might not seem a very great important thing to you, but it is. For if this church, this church can never be happy, this church can never prosper, except we all walk as dear children of God. Knowing that we have fellowship with the Father through the Son, by the Spirit, and the Spirit has been given to us as the Spirit of the Son and of the Father that we may be have that position as dear children of God. It is only as we know our position as dear children in the Father's house do we have that peace and rest and joy in Christ as the Good Shepherd, as he leads the Father's children to partake of all that is needed for our going on day by day. The great shepherd will never leave us. He's our elder brother. The great shepherd, he's going to lead us into pastures green in the word of God. He's going to lead us in as to walk as children, as brothers and sisters in the same household of God. We'll walk in love. And this is what we will do. We'll put into practice by the grace of God 
these words in Baptist Church somewhere else in Western Park, Texas. And they actually teach that God will save us. He has saved us. We can never be lost. But to live holy is works. Oh, I could drop dead. But being holy and walking in holiness is works. Beloved, we are God's workmanship ordained to good works that we may walk in them. We may do them for the glory of God. He desires us to be holy. We should have holiness written across our head, our forehead. It is as we as a body of believers who have gathered together for the purpose of worshiping God. It is as we walk holy can we claim to be children of the living God and a church of the living God? Because the Lord Jesus Christ loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. He wants us to be holy. Holiness is not morality. There are a lot of moral people in the world. Holiness is in our inner life. It will show in our outward life. But it is, an inward, it is an inward life of keeping the divine precepts and commandments not out of a sense of duty, but our sense of love, that we love God. We love His Word. We want to walk in the light of that word and therefore we delight ourselves in the commandments of God holiness is the entire individual turned over to God for the purpose of God to make him like Christ that's the reason you hear me pray and I have heard others pray it and I've heard I, I have read it in the word And as I was reading this week, it came home with such power to my heart that what I've been praying is, 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 is scriptural. Uh, Romans 6.13 Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So many people take that first part of Romans 5.21 that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign. And they forget the rest of the part of the scripture which reads, through righteousness it reigns. And eternal life, under eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So when I read, to yield my members as, in, as not to yield my members, as members of unrighteousness, but to yield myself and my members unto God as those that are alive from the dead and my members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So when I pray the prayer, Lord, take my emotions, my imagination, my feet, my hands, my lips, my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my tongue, my inward being of understanding and affection and will, take all of these things and make them thine. What am I praying for? I am praying for complete holiness unto the Lord. And that is that all of the members of my body, inward and outward, would be yielded unto the living God for him to take and use for his glory. Brethren, brethren, that's a good prayer to pray. That's a good prayer to pray. Therefore, 
Let us pray that he will mold and make us a church of the living God. And this can only be done as the sanctifier himself, the Holy Spirit, comes and works. Brethren, I ask, if this church and the church at large be destitute of holiness, what effect can we have upon the world? What effect can we have upon the world if we do not walk in holiness? We can have none. We can have none. We cannot make men love holiness. It is not in their nature to do so. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. He's the only one that could work it in my heart. Therefore, this should be our prayer. Are you listening? 1 Peter 1.15 Blessed Holy Spirit, you have called me and told me out of your word to be holy. So make me holy in all manner of conversation, in all manner of behavior. I'm paraphrasing 1 Peter 1.15. I paraphrase 1 Corinthians 4.7. God the Father hath not called me unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So, Spirit of the living God, make me holy as thou art holy. For this is the reason the Father called me. So what am I asking? I'm asking for the Spirit of God to work in me. Who else is going to do this? He's the sanctifier. He is the sanctifier. And then I read in First Thessalonians chapter one uh, verse, I mean, chapter four, verse three. The blessed, Ho blessed Holy Spirit. I'm crying again and paraphrasing. Blessed Holy Spirit, you have said in your word, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that I should abstain from fornication, and that I should know how to possess my vessel, that is my body, in sanctification and honor. Oh. Blessed Spirit of the living God. Blessed sanctifier of God's people. Come and make me holy as I am holy. This should be our cry. We should take these verses of Scripture. 1 Peter 1.15 1 Thessalonians 4.3 and 4.7 and take them and use them as prayers to go up to the throne of God's grace. He would hear our cry. And then again. And the fifth thing. I want my heart to listen. I want my heart to hear what I'm going to say. This pastor and this people needs much prayer. And only the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of grace and of supplication. He's the only one. Those words, those words in Ephesians 6, when he tells us to put on the whole armor of God, this is what he says after he had mentioned all the pieces of the armor. He says, and praying always with all prayer and supplication, how? In the Spirit. And watching down to with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In other words, our prayers should go beyond ourselves. How much praying do we do that all we do is pray for ourselves? God would do this, God would do that, God would give us this, God would break us here, God would break us there. That's blessed, 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 we should pray that. But how much prayer goes outside of self and goes to your next door neighbor that God would work in their hearts? When was the last time you prayed for everybody in this assembly? 
calling them by name. When was the last time I did that? We should pray. We need prayer, brother. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching them too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Are you listening? The strength of this church. The strength of this church can only accurately be gauged by its prayer life. That to sink in to our hearts. Beloved, you can't gauge this church as to its spirituality by the amount of booklets we put out of this place, the amount of Bibles we give away, or anything that we do. But we can gauge it by our prayer life. As God taught us to pray. We cannot expect to, we cannot expect God to work if we don't ask. You have not because you ask not. We need to ask. We need to be at the throne of God's grace. We need to come there expecting God to put forth his power. But how is he going to put it forth unless we ask him and entreat him and lay before him the things that are needful in the hearts and lives of all of those around us and all of those that we come in contact with all the time. We cannot do this without prayer, beloved. We cannot pray without the Holy Spirit. There are, therefore, our complete dependence upon Him. We're completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit to pray. We must feel this and acknowledge this and know this. We're dependent upon Him. And we should praise God that we're dependent upon Him. Then we're cast back upon Him to cry after Him. Cry to our Heavenly Father to give us the Holy Spirit. And he said, Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and everyone that seeketh findeth, and everyone that knocketh unto him it shall be opened. And what father, if his son comes and asks for a piece of bread, According from Luke 11. Son, come ask for a piece of bread. Would he give him a serpent? I mean, a stone? If he asked for an egg, would he give him a scorpion? If he asked for these things, what would we give our children? If we be an evil, know how to give good gifts unto our children, how much more shall our Heavenly Father, watch it now, Luke says, will give us the Holy Spirit if we will ask Him. And in Matthew 7, He says, And how shall, how shall not my, my Heavenly Father give you good things to those that ask Him? So He has, he has had two of the writers of the New Testament put those two things in there, in that prayer. So we are to ask. And we're to seek. And we're to knock. And it's the Holy Spirit working in us that brings us there, asking for these divine blessings. For we're going to lack them if we do not ask for them. And then the sixth thing I wanted to speak to you about this morning was the Holy Spirit of God. 
is the giver and sustainer of Christian fellowship. I've hinted at this. Oh, I hinted at it. I've preached on it already. But I want to give it to you again. It's one of my points. Beloved, our fellowship one with another, so far as it is Christian fellowship, is always produced by the Spirit of God. If we continue in peace and love, we can only contribute it to the work of the Holy Spirit within us. And we need to know that. We need the Holy Spirit working in us to still the rebellious nature that is still left in us. That is contrary to walking in the pathway of righteousness and true holiness. So I'll read Ephesians 4 to you again. Walk worthy of the calling wherewith you've been called with all lowliness and meekness with all long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. <clears throat> and that's what we're doing. That's what we should do. Christian fellowship will only be if we walk together in lowliness, in meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, patient with one another, and all of this done in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Beloved, if you see a people, if you see twelve Christians bound together, and they're walking one year together in love and adoration, and they're walking together where their hearts are bound together in affection one for another, you can tell it, you can say the Holy Spirit did that. The Holy Spirit did that. And that's what we should keep in mind. Pleading over and over these words from Ephesians 4, that we would walk worthy of the calling where we've been called, because we've been called unto holiness with all lowliness, with meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Fellowship can only come to us by the Spirit. But a church without fellowship will be nothing but a disorganized mob Every man doing what seemeth right in his own eyes. A body without without Christian fellowship is a kingdom divided against itself. And therefore it cannot prosper. We need fellowship, beloved. We cannot stay to ourselves. We're not islands. God didn't make us like that. He made us to walk in the ways that are together. By Christian fellowship one with another, there is mutual strength, there is mutual guidance, there is mutual help, there is mutual encouragement as God works in our hearts. And if you're saying in your heart right now, Pastor, you sure needed this message, didn't you? I told you when I came. I saw you when I started. That I knew I was coming to execution this morning. But I want to be slain. I don't want no division. Division is disgrace. Division is weakness. But when the Holy Spirit works, there's no more division. There's real fellowship and love, one for another. 
and we are dependent one upon another, willing to talk with one another <coughs> and bring before each other the things that are upon our heart. Will you pray for me? I'll pray for you. Then there's only one who can comfort us. And that's the comforter who is sent. The Lord Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. But when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he is the spirit of truth. He will teach you. And so the last thing is that he is the true comforter. He's the only one who can comfort our heart. The Holy Spirit is our friend. He desires for us to continually to make him at home in our heart and to speak with him. I don't know why it is, but most people come up in the Christian religion thinking there's only two people in the Two people in the Godhead. The Father and the Son. I hardly heard anything preached about the Holy Spirit. At all. That we could pray to all three. We're to love all three. We are to follow all three. For all three love us. The Father loved us. And he chose us to be like Christ before the foundation of the world. The Son loved us and he came and gave himself for us and shed his precious blood for the remission of our sins. And it was the Holy Spirit that came and took up his abode or hovered over us when we were like the old, the old creation, as it were. It says there in Genesis 1 that the Holy Spirit brooded over the chaos that was the whole universe before creation started. God made everything out of chaos. It is the Holy Spirit who comes in the chaotic condition of our souls. And he's got to put up with it. He comes into a cesspool of hell as it was to show us our need of Christ. And he loves us with such a love that he will not let us go until he brings us to Christ, until we, until he reveals Christ's love to our souls and lets us look away by faith to the blood and to be cleansed by him. He will not leave us alone until he breaks our spirit that we, oh, we want to walk in the spirit of God, in the love of God. He, want, he will not leave us alone until he takes the children of God, the dear children of God, and he loves them to make them one, to be with us, to guide us and lead us along the pathway and to get us safely home at last. He's taken up his abode in us. You know the Holy Spirit has to put up with a lot of things in a believer's life. Sure he does. He loves us. He loves us because he's the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Father. He loves us with that dying love. He came, he's come to take up his abode, to put in effect what God the Father said, I chose you to make you holy. And it's his purpose to make us holy and to get us home at last. So remember, we need the Holy Spirit in regeneration. We need him to enlighten us. We need him for that adopt the work of adoption to make us children of the living God. We need him as a spirit of holiness to work in us. Written across our foreheads will be the words holiness unto the Lord. And then we need him as the spirit of grace of supplication that we might pray 
we need him. In our fellowship, one with another, in the midst of our church, to work, to keep harmony and peace and love, we need him. We should depend upon him. And then we need him to comfort us day by day. Have you heard anything we said? Has God spoke to your heart anyway? With anything has he spoke to your heart of your great need this morning of the Holy Spirit working? Are you, re are you ready and willing to sacrifice all for him? That there might be in our fellowship peace harmony and love and oneness walking with him. Are you willing by the grace of God this morning to leave your old ways and walk in the way of the Lord? You who are not saved this morning, this should have made an indelible impression upon your heart that you can't get to God without the Holy Spirit working in you. And you need him to convict you. And therefore, pray that he will. And each believer prayed for a filling of the Spirit of God. We might be filled with the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Clothed in the Spirit. The fire of the Spirit burning in our souls. By the grace of God. I came to execution this morning. My prayer since I woke up this morning, Lord, let it not just be words to my soul's burning, but may it be the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. And that's what you need. And that's the reason God laid it on my heart. I see the need. And I must speak to the need. And I spoke to it this morning. By the grace of God. I'll leave it with you. Praying that God will give grace and mercy. Amen.